Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru. Offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Discover Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history along with a local handcrafted beverage this winter while you cozy up on top of award-winning rooftop bars. Tours offered daily year-round with safety protocols followed on every tour and transportation is provided. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com and by romanticashville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting romanticashville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on pretty much all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to travel stories from people who have a deep-rooted passion for travel and feel most alive when they're learning from their experiences and opening their hearts to the world. There are so many reasons why we love to travel, But I think the most important is the experience. People have emotions when it comes to their journeys and what they think about when they remember what it was like to travel. And there's this growing driving force behind keeping my memories intact to keep my sanity this past year. You know, whether it was crossing a dirt bridge by horseback hundreds of feet over a steep ravine in Cuba or wandering through the Casbah in Morocco, there are endless memories that I keep in my heart that never leave me. Well, my guests today are Amanda Kingsmith and Ryan Ferguson, the World Wanderers. Amanda and Ryan have a passion for travel, living life to the fullest, and finding happiness in all corners of the world. And they're here to share it through, uh, they share it through their podcast and through their blog, and they're going to share some of their thoughts and memories with us right here on Speaking of Travel. Welcome, Ryan and Amanda. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Marilyn, for having, for having us today. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Well, I've listened so much to your podcast. I'm, I'm actually a little nervous, I have to say. I feel like I'm in the presence of uh, the pioneers. You, you guys have been out there, you've been traveling, and you've been blogging, and, and I just love it. And I want to find out, what, 
what prompted you both to start traveling like you do? Give us a little backstory of uh, what it was like for you. Did did you grow up traveling, Amanda? A little bit. Yeah. My, my family vacationed a lot is how I would say. So every February we had a break. It was right around my birthday. My brother and I would be off school and my parents had their own business. We were able to take a, a trip somewhere. And we usually went places like Disneyland or Disney World or Mexico in an all-inclusive. And we did a cruise one year, went to Hawaii. And I think that these, these little snippets of the world just made me want to see more. And so when I graduated from high school and went to university, I I made myself a promise that when I finished my four-year degree, I was going to take a little break and go traveling. And I met Ryan along the way. And fortunately, he wanted to do the same thing. And that's kind of where, where our journey intersects. So Ryan, when you were growing up, were you traveling as a kid? Yeah, I, th- I think some, but not definitely not every year. Um, I had a really, I think, I guess it would be like a formative trip with my family when I was in the third grade. We took a my parents took me and my brother out of school for a month and we all went to Australia. Um, we stopped in Hawaii along the way. So that was a really, really amazing trip. But then other than that, not a ton of travel, just kind of smaller things in Canada to various places, you know, playing sports, going to tournaments, that type of thing. Um, but I think for both of us, something that really kind of informed our desire to see the world was where we grew up. We both grew up in smaller towns and Amanda was a bit closer to a big city, I was really kind of, you know, hours away from the nearest big city. So when you're growing up like that, I think you always get the sense from watching TV, watching movies, watching sports, that the world's out there and you've kind of got to go, you got to go explore it. You don't have this feeling of like, Hey, I'm in the place where everything's happening. You're like, Oh, I got to go. I got to leave. So, um, kind of growing up, was always my thought of like, you know, as soon as I'm done high school, I'm out of here, uh, I'm adventuring, I'm exploring. So where was your first trip? Like, you know, you meet in college, you, you realize that you have a lot in common, you start talking about travel. Where, where did you decide to kind of jump off from? Yeah, so for us, and I think this is a little bit of a cultural thing, but in Canada, there's a bit more of an idea of like, you can finish college and then maybe take some time and go on an adventure somewhere. I think it's getting more popular other places, but certainly like in Australia and Europe, much more popular. Um, but we had both had the idea of like, hey, we're finishing college. Um, we've been lucky enough to get through this without a bunch of debt. We've been able to work and save up some money. Let's take six months and just go explore, kind of like, let's have fun before real life sets in type of thing. And so we, one of the first things we, uh, we booked was we found these really cheap Iceland air flights that connected through Iceland and went over to um, the UK afterwards. And then we were like, what do we want to do in Europe? And we were like, well, the running of the bulls is happening in the summer. Why don't we book that? And so we booked a couple things like that, and then kind of created this adventure that would take us through Europe. And then eventually decided to go to Southeast Asia and then Australia and New Zealand, um, all kind of in a whirlwind of, of six months of travel. And that was for us, I think the thing that, that really got us hooked. It's like the type of trip where you think, Maybe your parents or relatives think like, oh, wow, they probably got this thing out of their system. But (laughs) for us, it was like, oh, no, we need to do this all the time now. So did you decide when you finished up that six month that you were ready now to kind of take it from there and and keep on going? Kind of. I think part of it is 
remembering that we had come straight from college. We had just savings that we were traveling with. So we were very, very like shoestring backpackers at this point. You know, we ate like whatever the hostel gave us for free. (laughs) We like made our own lunches and then we were allowed like one meal out. Like this is the type of, you know, budget we were on at this point. So we came back to Canada dead broke like to the point where we got our first apartment together and my mom had to co-sign with us because we didn't have enough money in our bank account for like the damage deposit we had to put down and stuff like that. So we had to get jobs and we started working. We were both working in corporate. Our degrees are in business, Ryan's in finance, mine in marketing. And so we got jobs sort of related to what we had studied. And I think pretty quick within that, we realized like, oh, we got this really like great taste of what life can be like on this adventure. And now we are in these jobs that aren't super fulfilling for us. There was nothing wrong with them on paper. You know, we had good vacation, good benefits, all that type of stuff. We were paid well for our age and experience and that type of thing, but it just wasn't what we wanted. And about a year into that, I took just a little vacation down to South America. I went to meet one of my girlfriends in Peru And I came back and I was like, Ryan, we have to go to South America. Like there was just something about South America that was like calling to my soul. Like the deepest part of me was like, I need to spend more time in this, in this area, this part of the world. And it didn't take much convincing. I think it was just, you know, a couple months of me slyly sending photos of different places in South America to Ryan before he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's spend the next year saving our money so we can do this again. And so in 2014, we quit our jobs, sold our stuff and set out on another big backpacking trip. And this one was interesting because our family and friends had been really accepting of our our little mini gap year because it was a natural time to take it. But when we're like, oh, we're doing this again, people were like, you don't get to do this again. That's not how life works. Um, But we were like, "We're, we're going for it. And I think that trip was really pivotal for us. We really spent a lot of time decompressing from work and then thinking about what we actually want to do. So on this trip, we were starting to get a bit more intentional about, you know, what does the rest of our lives look like? Because I turned 25 on that trip and it's kind of like, oh, am I just going to, are we just going to do this until we're like retired and we have enough money to, you know, travel full time. And we just kind of decided we didn't want to just keep taking, you know, these, these breaks these like life gaps to travel and then work jobs we didn't love and that type of thing. We wanted it to be more of like a full-time thing. Wow. I, I love this story. It's, uh, it's so inspirational. It's like, we're just gonna, we're gonna go for it. We have a passion, we have a dream. We don't know where it's going to take us, but we're going to do it. When we come back from the break, let's, let's talk about this process that you had of transitioning to working online to become digital nomads and how you are now sitting in Merida, Mexico, talking to us. It's really awesome. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Amanda and Ryan. They're the World Wanders, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. 
We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville, Prestige Subaru, on the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I am really excited today to have Ryan and Amanda, the world wanders here on Speaking of Travel. And Amanda, you and Ryan have been kind of living the dream, I think, for a lot of people. Like, but you did the you did the due diligence. You you know, you went and you came back and you took jobs and you did this and then you finally just made the commitment, this is what we're going to be doing. Give us a little bit of an idea. Once you got in the role, what was it like for you when you first started realizing we're going to do this and make this our, our jobs? Yeah, absolutely. So we left off our story in 2014. So if we jump ahead to 2016, after a couple of years of, you know, building up what we were doing and and testing out a couple things in careers, taking some travels, living in some places, we headed to Southeast Asia, which is where we started our digital nomad journey. And at this point we had transitioned all the work we were doing online. And the most interesting part about the beginning of the transition, which I think a lot of people who have done this can relate to is that all of a sudden we were doing this thing we love again. which is travel, but we also had to work. (laughs) And so we had to figure out this balance of like, what does it look like to actually get work done at some point during the week and also be able to explore what needs to shift with how we book places, where we stay, how long we stay in places, what our schedule looks like. And it really took us, we were in Asia for eight months. And I think it took us that whole eight months of just experimenting and then coming back to Canada for a couple months and then heading down to Mexico for, I guess, about eight months to, to really kind of get our groove with it. Well, you're in your groove now and you've been, so you've been doing that. I, I want to get a little bit of an idea of, you know, when you talk about the work journey, adventure balance, how did you finally feel at ease that you had found that sweet spot. Yeah. So I think for me, at least, I don't know if we've ever like really, there's no really moment where you're like, Hey, I've arrived. I'm like here, which is kind of one of the interesting things about a lifestyle like this, because we're kind of used to, or at least a lot of people are used to kind of, if you have a more traditional job, right. It's like you get the job uh, versus if you're trying to create your own job, doing something like this, um, you have to really start working on creating creating that own structure. And so we were just experimenting the whole time. And they're like, oh, sometimes this is working better. Sometimes this isn't working so well. And then I think for us, really, once we we did Asia and we got back to Canada, we spent summer in Canada, and then we decided to go to Mexico. And we were really thinking at that point, like, we want to try being a bit more stable. Like, let's see if we can stay somewhere three to six months um, and what that'll be like. And when we did that, I think we both realized like, hey, we're a lot happier here. Whereas in Asia, we were often staying places two to four weeks and then being on the move and never really feeling like, just feeling like work and travel is like whirling around us and we're not able to appreciate either one of them as much as we could be. And so then you just, you just kept on going. And I want to talk a little bit too about, you know, we, this last year has been very challenging and different. I guess you must have settled someplace when 
when the time came that everybody was kind of stopping. What happened to you when that happened? Where were you? Yeah, so we were in Panama a year ago in March, and we made the decision to leave Panama and go back home to Canada. And so we left Panama March 18th and got back home to Canada to the freezing colds where, where we live in Canada. We call Canmore, Alberta home. It is not spring in March. It is very, very cold there. And we stayed in Canada until October of 2020. And then we decided to leave and go to Mexico. The weather was shifting again and there was talk of more lockdowns. And we were just like, I don't think we can do this again. Let's go somewhere else. We were feeling quite comfortable with the idea of leaving. And so we left for Mexico and we've been in Mexico since the end of October. And what are your what are your ideas moving forward? Are you thinking that you'll stay there for a while and and then go someplace else? What are you thinking for for the next little bit? Yeah, it's kind of funny because I feel like over the course, especially as we've started to travel again in October, you have to live in this world where you really can't think too far ahead or plan too far ahead because things are always changing. So for example, we had flights to Japan that we booked over a year ago that were supposed to happen at the end of March, Um, I guess are supposed to happen, but we ended up canceling because that's Japan's definitely not letting people in. Um, and then recently, the Canadian government, I think, you know, in a way that seems a little bit strange, had uh, kind of worked with all the airlines to get them to cancel all the flights to the Caribbean and Mexico and has put in a really expensive hotel quarantine. So our options for going back to Canada are kind of limited. Um, so we're thinking of just kind of kicking in Mexico. It's been really great here. Mexico has so much to offer, so many interesting places to go. So for the foreseeable future, we're just planning on being here in Mexico. It's actually been kind of weird not having plans, like especially for me. Ryan's a little bit more like go with the flow and that type of thing, but I'm more of like, okay, what are we doing next month? What are we doing three months from now? What are we doing six months from now? And it's weird just not having any plans. And then also we normally go back home to Canada in the summer because it's stunning. We live in the Canadian Rockies. It's a beautiful time of year to be there. If you ever get a chance to visit, it's amazing. Um, But this year we don't know. We just don't know if we're going to be able to go back. So like Ryan said, we love Mexico. We speak Spanish. We love Mexican food. It feels very much like home here. So we're, we're happy to to kick it here until things start to improve a little bit more. Well, I know that there are a lot of people right now who are getting kind of antsy and thinking, you know, I really need to get a change of pace, be with people from different cultures again. Uh, What would you suggest as far as somebody who's thinking about planning, perhaps, you know, when you think about, well, we can't really make any plans, but... I like to encourage people to dream big and think about what it could be like. What what would you recommend if somebody's kind of thinking about moving in that direction down the road? Yeah, so I feel like it, it's really hard to give recommendations right now. And I think I get my recommendation would be it's really going to be an individual thing. So it's hard to say for, you know, your, you know, your situation, if what you're looking at doing, where you're looking at going, all those types of things for, I guess, people more kind of of our age range, looking to do stuff similar to what we're doing, who are a bit more flexible and a bit more 
not in like high risk groups. Uh, for us, something that's been important is really re retaining flexibility. So something we've learned along this process is you can book a trip somewhere and then that place can decide they're going to do a lockdown or the government can decide there's something new that's going to prevent you from flying there. So we've been booking things really quite last minute, um, kind of having, here's what we want to do in mind, keeping an eye on prices, if the prices start going up, looking at that, um, making sure our travel insurance has trip cancellation. And then with, especially with booking accommodations, we've been holding off quite a bit. One good thing, especially if you're looking at traveling lots of places internationally, there's not a lot of people out there doing it. So you can find um, that there's, you know, quite, quite good prices and lots of flexibility in that way. And then I guess, what else would you add to that? I think you covered most of it, but I think if people are looking for specific places and they're in, you know, probably the U S maybe Canada listening to this, I think. Mexico and Costa Rica are really great options right now um, because they're they're open. They don't require any testing or quarantine to get into. At the time of speaking, it can always change, but we can speak really specifically to Mexico and that it's been really awesome for us over the last, I guess, like five months that we've been here. Yeah. And one final note that I'll add really, really quickly is that I think people think travel and it's like, oh, you're doing this for fun and therefore it's dangerous. A lot of times, especially if you're coming from like Canada or from North, like uh, of the US, like you can travel, flying is shown to be very, very low risk in terms of spreading COVID. There's hardly any cases of that happening. Once you're in a place like Mexico, everything's outdoors. You can easily keep your space from people. And, you know, we're not, you know, running into long term care centers after traveling, that type of thing. You can stay away from people. Uh, you can be safe while traveling. Like traveling doesn't have to be dangerous. I love that. I think that gives us hope. And I appreciate that coming from the world wanders. So how can we get more information and follow you guys? Yeah, thanks for that, Marilyn. You can find our podcast on any major podcast platform. So if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you can find The World Wanders. Just search that and you'll find it. Or you can find us at theworldwanders.com or The World Wanders podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Well, I can't thank you both enough for taking some time and sharing your adventures and your travel stories with us. And I look forward to keeping up with you and, and having you back on the show sometime later this year and seeing where you are and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks so much, Marilyn. Well, thanks, Amanda and Ryan. You know, as we begin traveling again, we must be vigilant about fostering sustainability and work harder to preserve and protect our lands, our cultures, and our diverse ecosystem. The conservation of land is so critically important. It's part of our efforts to ensure that our natural world remains beautiful and beneficial and accessible to all its inhabitants. Coming up next is Lauren McTighe. She's the Nature Experience Director for the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy, which is a nonprofit land trust based right here in Asheville, North Carolina. Their focus is protecting Western North Carolina and East Tennessee's natural landscape for the benefit and enjoyment of all living things. So stay tuned. Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours LTD. If you are considering a trip to Italy when we can finally travel again, and we feel very confident that we will be able to return to Europe by the fall of this year, please contact Private Italy Tours. Our itinerary planning professionals are ready to assist in any way possible. 
from hotels and villa reservations, restaurant recommendations, guide confirmations, trains, and special requests, our company and our staff provide the finest service possible. Please contact us. We are ready to help you return to Bella Italia your way. Private-Italy.com Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. We talk a lot on Speaking of Travel about the importance of creating healthier and more vibrant communities by safeguarding our water, protecting our habitats, and supporting stewardship. Collaboration and conservation is key in creating solutions and having a bigger impact to protect our precious landscapes. My guest today is Lauren McTighe, Nature Experience Director for the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy, which is a nonprofit land trust based in Asheville, North Carolina. Their focus is protecting Western North Carolina and East Tennessee's natural landscape. And since 1974, they've permanently protected 75,000 acres of land from development for plant and animal habitat, clean water, farmland, scenic beauty, and places for people to enjoy outdoor recreation. And Lauren, it is really such a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel today. Oh, thank you, Marilyn. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Lauren, give us a little bit of an idea of what you do there at the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy. Of course. Well, you touched on a few great points um, about what we do here at the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy. And we are really focused on protecting land in Western North Carolina in East Tennessee. And through this protection, we've acquired a small number of of houses and cabins. And uh, typically in a land trust, these structures would be a bit of a nuisance and, and sometimes they can be, but we really saw it as an opportunity to engage people with nature um, and, and connect them with the natural world. And so we use these cabins and small houses to create spaces where people can come visit our most precious natural resources we have here. That is really awesome. So really, you are the stewards, I guess you could say, of all this land and the protection of the habitats. So what are some of the ways that you utilize these houses or cabins that you have on these properties? So we have a number of different programs that go on. Um, A few of our favorite ones uh, that we started up a few years ago is our wedding venue 
And we have a community farm that's just in Alexander. It's about nine miles north of Asheville. And on that farm, we have a small wedding venue where folks can come out and celebrate with us through events, elopements and weddings. And it has just been so, so, so successful for us. And we feel so gifted and privileged to be a part of people's life story in this big way. Um, So that's one of the main ways we use the houses or one of the houses. Another option that we've gone into is actually the short-term rental business. We have a few rentals um, with around the Asheville area and are hoping to have a few more up and running in the Roan Mountains area, just north of Asheville over the next few years. And these houses, I mean, they're incredible in landscape, of course, that's what we do. And so the views from each one of these houses is really amazing. But not only that, you have hundreds of acres to play on when you are visiting one of these places. And because connecting people with nature is so close to our mission and so so close to my personal heart, I really made sure that each house had passive educational material inside of them. So you can't really wash your hands at the sink without learning about how water quality is connected to land conservation. Uh, we have the same type of educational components about uh, soil content and about the purpose for protecting land. And so we really call these spaces immersion ed- education opportunities. And it's a way that we can connect with a broader base of people as well as people outside of our area and visitors that are coming in. But what we have really seen is that a lot of folks, even from the Asheville area, have really connected to either our weddings and events or even be able to host their family members in a house that is close to their heart because all the money that is made from the wedding venue or the rental houses goes directly back into land conservation. And people are just jazzed about that as I am too. And so why not have a beautiful wedding or event or have a beautiful family reunion at a cabin and have all the money go to something you really care about? Well, certainly land conservation and protecting our habitat for wildlife and the plant life is so critically important, not to mention the farmland. Let's talk a little bit about the farmland that you have. Of course. So we protect for a number of different reasons. Um, And you mentioned a few of them in the beginning, Marilyn animal habitat, clean water, scenic beauty, places for people to enjoy outside. But then we also protect farmland. Farmland is some of the most critical land we have in the United States and around the world. And the reason for that is that it's our flat already, already doesn't have any tree on it. It's already cleared plots of land that are so easy to be developed. Now, why you wouldn't want that to be developed is because it's also some of the most critical soil content we could have in, in the world. It's, it's how we grow our food is through these, this beautiful, luscious soil that happens to be along riverbeds. And, and so that farmland is a really important ecosystem. Not only is it important for the ecosystem, but you also have 
farmers who for generations have been farming land and have found a little some issues with keeping up with the larger corporations, the larger farming corporations. And so we are really dedicated to farmland protection. And that means keeping farmers on their land, doing what they love, while providing them with resources and and also conservation easements to allow them to keep doing their work and to permanently protect that land from development for generations to come. So a grandfather who's been farming many years can really pass down his land to his granddaughter and have her still do a a micro farm or a massive farming business and have it just be as vital as it was when he was younger. And so we're really connected to that. And, And our wedding venue, as well as one of our farmhouses that's a rental for us, is on a 160 acre farm out in Alexander. And it's this gorgeous, gorgeous landscape. Um, and we that was donated to us by an amazing family in 2010. And we have turned that into a massive education space. And so we have a farmer business incubator program where we have young farmers or any age farmer, but uh, someone who wants to start a farming business and has all the resources to do so. And we bring them onto our property for three to five years and help them get started, help them create a business plan and everything. And then, and then in three to five years, they transfer off and we can help them find land. But at that time, they have a viable business and a customer base. We also teach hundreds of kids throughout the year, usually during a typical year. And and so this space has really become, because it's so close to Asheville, our, our, one of our greatest assets in the organization and a great place to connect people with nature and to farmland. I just love it, Lauren. It, it's really speaking to my heart and to the hearts of so many people, conservation, education, just keeping, keeping our land safe. How can we, how can we help? How can we get more information and how can we participate in such a, a wonderful organization? Of course. Well, there's a number of different ways to participate, and we love participation in any way, whether that's membership or volunteering or even coming to stay at one of our properties or um, having your wedding at one of our properties. There's a number of different ways of investing in our mission to care for this land in Western North Carolina and East Tennessee. And so visit us at Appalachian.org. And if you want more information specifically on weddings and events, you can visit us at Appalachian.org backslash weddings. Well, Lauren, I am so there. And thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today, for being a partner with RomanticAsheville.com and being a part of our community. Thank you so much. And thank you. Big shout out to all your team. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for all the work you're doing to really elevate our work and get the message out. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Lauren. I want you to know that the other day I took a walk and I just couldn't believe the daffodils were beginning to peek their little yellow heads out. And I think we're getting closer and closer for making some travel plans for this spring and summer. 
You know, the airlines and airports are ready, and we're getting ready. Over at the Asheville Regional Airport, springtime is beginning to bloom with new flights being announced on a pretty regular basis these days. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to fill us in on spring and summer air travel. So stay tuned. Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I am totally immersed right now in my future travel dreams. There seems to feel like a glimmer of hope out there on the horizon, and I am making some plans. So, now's the time to apply for your passports, get your TSA pre-check, and your real ID. And set your airfare price alerts, check out some of the best socially distance-friendly destinations, and get ready to go. You know, throughout our series over this past year with Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport, we've been able to stay on top of how the air transport industry has advanced and taken the right steps to keep travelers safe. And here we are, feeling closer and closer every day. So what's ahead as we plan for travel this spring and summer? We know the airlines and the airports are ready for us. And over at the Asheville Regional Airport, there is a lot to be excited about. Air service is growing, and there are some great new nonstop routes providing us home-to-home service. And Tina, it is so great to have you here, and you know I love that home-to-home service. I know you do. Me too. And it's great to be here, and I love to tell people about it because travel is the best thing in the world, and it's so fun to be dreaming and planning again. Absolutely. And it's really been amazing to think that in this last year when everything has been so different and people have not been able to travel as much, the Asheville Regional Airport, and I would imagine some other airports as well throughout our country, are really making these efforts to keep things going and moving forward. Oh, yeah, we have to. I mean, airports are part of the nation's critical infrastructure. There is no just stopping and shutting down. Travel has continued. 
there are a lot of reasons for travel. And so we've adjusted and adapted and we've learned new ways of doing things. We really focus on that journey, that travel experience and making it as uh, healthy and safe as possible. And we are looking forward to a really fantastic 2021. Well, there have been some exciting news alerts coming out of the Asheville Regional Airport in regard to some new flights. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of going down the rabbit hole here with the Asheville Regional Airport. And I am really quite amazed that there are so many nonstop airport destinations coming right out of the Asheville Regional Airport. Let's talk about that a little, Tina. Oh, yeah, sure. So it's fun. You know, I looked back just five or six years ago at our route map compared to our route map looking ahead to this summer. And it is, it looks very different. I don't know if you go on websites, you know, airline websites or others and look at those route maps with the lines that take you from, you know, one city and, you know, where does it go? And, you know, just five, six years ago, we had lines going north and south primarily. Well, now we have a lot more lines going north and south, but we've also got quite a few lines going west, which is fun. So really an excellent airport for connectivity, one of the best connected regional airports in the country. I am so happy to hear that. And I want to make sure that people know this information because I think sometimes people get stuck in their head of the Asheville Regional Airport and what it was like a decade ago. And how much you've changed really needs to be out there big time so people know that when they get on a plane here in Asheville, they can go virtually nonstop to, what, over 21 destinations? That's right. That's right. And a number of those places are international hubs. So what that means is you can connect one easy connection to just about anywhere you want to go. So when I say international hub, you know, you can zip down to Atlanta, go over to Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, and really go anywhere. And so it's, it's pretty incredible. We also see great prices out of Asheville. You know, we're, it's very competitive. And the airlines know that we are a solid market. And that's why we're seeing them bring routes back that maybe had to be suspended during COVID and add new routes. So, you know, we're, we've had quite a number of announcements just in the last few weeks. And it's, it's really a sign of recovery and a sign of the strength of the Asheville market. I agree. And I know that when you talk about these international hubs, it's not going to be long before people are really going to want to jump into getting flights to Europe and being able to travel through Europe again and being able to fly up to so many of these international hubs is going to be easy, especially when you can go to Washington, D.C., and then you've got this flight going up to Boston. Talk about that one a little, and Chicago as well. Oh, yeah. So the most recent announcement that we had, American just released that they are adding three summer seasonal routes and they all start in June and they will be doing nonstop Saturday service to Boston 
and Chicago. And that's important because what that does is it adds a nonstop option into their already excellent connectivity into those markets. And so that's really exciting. And then they are also implementing daily nonstop service to Washington, D.C. into national, just right there in the heart of D.C. through the summer. So, you know, really positive additions to what the offerings are here at Asheville. I love that. My family is uh, in Washington, D.C. We haven't seen them for a long time. So we're already starting to make some plans to get on that flight up to Washington and be able to, to visit all of our family and then get on a plane and be right back here in Asheville, pick up our car. Let's talk a little bit about, speaking of parking, let's just talk a little bit about the setup there at the Asheville Regional Airport in regard to where do you leave your car? What's your what's your parking setup like, Tina? Well, it's very easy. Uh, the parking is right across from the main entrance of the airport. Super easy to just walk right over. So we've got three options right now. We have our daily lot, which is surface parking. It's not covered. That's our lowest cost lot. And we have our garage, which of course is covered. And it's a five-story garage right out front. And then we have hourly parking. And that's really if you're just going to be here to pick somebody up or uh, just here for a little bit of time. And then when, when business picks back up again to the point where those lots become full, which they will because prior to COVID, that was already happening. So we know it's just a matter of time. We've also constructed a a remote shuttle lot right across the street from the airport. So that will open when passenger traffic dictates that we need to go ahead and open that lot as well. So easy. That's what I love about the Asheville Regional Airport. You just make everything easy and And we know that the safety and our well-being when we are there is your top priority. So, Tina, tell us how we can get more information about what's going on at the airport and start looking at all these new wonderful flights that you have coming in and out. So please visit our website, and that is flyavl.com. And we have a lot of information right on the homepage. Uh, We've got a little icon. It's orange in the top right corner. It's called our social hub. If you click there. It'll take you to all the ways you can connect with us on social media, sign up for our e-newsletter, leave us a comment, lots of options. Well, thank you, Tina. It's always just such a pleasure to catch up with you each week and find out what's going on and know that we can start making some really great plans and, and, and you make it easy. Well, thank you, Marilyn. Well, thank you to Tina and thank you to Amanda and Ryan and Lauren for being on Speaking of Travel today. So we're approaching a milestone this month. It's been nearly a year since we realized that life as we knew it wasn't going to be the same and it was going to be very different from how it had been a month, a week, and even a day earlier. I think we have seen the best of humanity shine through during these unsettling times. The world wasted no time to come together and get down to work to develop tests and treatments and safe places for us to get away from it all. The travel industry pitched in and As we've had to adapt, they've provided new waves of innovation and reassurance that these integrations will make everything seamless and safe and sustainable. Trust is more crucial than ever. 
We need reliable information on health and security measures, and the travel industry is working to collectively adapt and collaborate. Technology abilities are on the rise, and I'm optimistic that 2021 will be the year we can get out and travel again. I think as travelers, we'll be more mindful about how we travel. We'll want to minimize our footprint and have a more positive impact when we visit all the places we can't wait to go. So get to planning. Make some dreams come true. We're in good hands. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 